It's episode 332 of the Girls Gone Wild podcast. This week, Claire and I talked to two incredible pediatricians, Dr. Shaka and Dr. Scott. They're the owners of the and founders of the Warrior Clinic. We met Shaka and Scott through Greg and Maggie Glassman, and we've seen them in passing over the years. They're people you really want in your corner. They are just the sweetest people. So nice, so compassionate and supportive, and they're doing really amazing things with the Warrior Clinic. Uh, the mission of the Warrior Clinic is to guide and empower individuals to have awareness and take control over the prevention and reversal of chronic disease in their lives. We talk all about this on the episode, why they started it, why it's important, and they're really pushing this to have you be tested before the open. So we're going to put a link into our show notes here. Click on that link and you can go to take that test. They are practicing physicians. Dr. Scott graduated from USF Medical School in 1993. He's a board certified pediatric anesthesiologist practicing at the Children's Hospital in San Diego. And Dr. Shaka graduated from UCSD Medical School in 1998 and is a board certified practicing pediatrician. She's the co-founder of Coast Pediatrics Del Mar and Coast Pediatrics Carmel Valley. She has uh, been an advisor for CrossFit since 2016 and is a contributing author for the American Academy of Pediatrics and the CrossFit Journal. Two power-packed people giving really great advice on this episode. Uh, They want you to get tested before the open. Click on the link in the podcast show notes here and sign up for your warrior clinic test. I posted a video as well to show you how easy it is. So look out for that video on social media because I didn't uh, prick my finger and drain all this blood just for nothing. You guys have to see how easy it is. Okay, it's four drops of blood, not a lot of blood. One last announcement, you guys. Do you remember Michelle DeWitt, the intuitive coach and medium? We love her very much. She's amazing. Hi, Michelle. She's having a Rocky Mountain storytelling retreat in Breckenridge, Colorado. So if you want to come to Colorado, now's the time. It's October 10th through the 15th. And the reason why it's storytelling is simply because she believes this is an incredible part of you and that sharing is healing. So when you heal, your relationships improve. Uh, We can remove emotional blocks have purposeful life, and so much more. You know, I'm a big believer in the woo-woo, touchy-feely stuff. I love Michelle, and she does amazing, amazing work. So you will also have a session with her during their cheat and after. It's uh, private and shared rooms available. It will be just as good or maybe better than a Starbucks in Target. And that's the truth. You can go to her Instagram, which is at intuitivemission. That's intuitive, M-I-S-H-E-N, or find her on Facebook as Michelle DeWitt. I will also link that in the show notes, and you can find all the details there. Here we go with the episode with the Warrior Clinic. All right, so I'm really, I'm really excited to talk to you guys, first and foremost, too, because I feel like I, I've peripherally known you for so long, and then when Claire said she connected with you on the plane, and she's like, we got to have them on the podcast, I'm like, worlds are colliding, we finally get to talk, so thank you guys so much for taking the time to come on our podcast. Thank you for having us, so excited, yeah, I totally feel like I've known you guys forever. I know, I know, <laughs> yeah, it's we're so super great. Excited. Yeah, and you guys are just so such good people in what you're doing, we can't wait for the listeners to learn about it too, so give our lis- listeners a quick bio on the both of you and the work that you do. Okay, so I'll, I'll go ahead and start. My name is uh, Scott Gillen, and Shaka and I are both physicians. And during our day jobs, we work with kids. I'm a pediatric anesthesiologist and work in an operating room in San Diego in the Children's Hospital. You know, Shaka has a private practice as a pediatrician. Actually, we met you girls 
briefly when you were up at Greg's house doing an interview with him. And then I started listening to you guys' podcast and got completely addicted as a sidebar. We love, love what you guys do. But, you know, for shocking myself with our daily work inside of, you know, seeing one patient at a time, we felt like we weren't making a big impact on this whole issue of chronic disease. And we were looking for ways to, you know, do something to contribute a little bit more. I have to say, Scott, that you saying that you're completely addicted to the podcast made me so happy. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the nicest thing I've ever heard. Oh, it's 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 so it's so amazing though. I just you guys have the most amazing perspective on so many different issues that face us in in like real life, you know. Um, which yeah. which I think is it's a service that's really you know it's it's really I can't say enough how much we love the work you do to make just like real people feel like they're not a failure for trying to have to achieve these super norm expectations in every part of your life. Right, right. Well, thank you so much. That really means the world to us. Okay, Shaka, sorry, I interrupted. (laughs) Oh, no, I don't have anything (laughs) profound to say. I just wanted to say hi, I'm Shaka. And I'm Dr. Shaka. And I think, um, yeah, I met you guys at up in Santa Cruz. And you guys are awesome. You know, and and I think I, I emailed you guys too. It's like, it's so cool how you guys are able to bring up a lot of topics in such an open way. Um, but you guys are so respectful to all the different um, opinions and, and perspectives out there. And yet you guys are so kind. It's just so genuine. So I love it. And I've enjoyed seeing you guys. And so for, for us, again, I've been practicing pediatrics for 20 years here in San Diego and I take care of kids and I love it. And I've been lucky in that I started my own practice about seven years ago. And uh, so I've been able to practice medicine more in the way that I want to, but still doing practicing medicine on the daily, I've really been affected by what's um, what's really going on in medicine and health for so many people that it's really nice to have this um, these ways that we can really make the difference to a big population. Right. And so I think for the listeners and for myself, when you say the things going on in medicine, what does that mean exactly from your perspective? Because rarely do we get to hear what's going on on the quote unquote on the inside. So there's so many different aspects to it. And I think every physician will have their own um, way of of their own experiences, right? We all come into this with our own experiences. And so the two big things for me are really the way the medical system is. And that's, you know, a big mess, whether it be the amount of time each of us doctors get to spend with each patient or um, access to healthcare or political influences with the way that bigger medical societies or different recommendations are being made. But then for me, where I really, the way, the things that influence me are really the way I see it is the fact that people should be healthy. And what's happened is on the daily, I see, I see kids and I see kids every single day unhealthy with their chief complaint of something that easily is caused by and can be fixed by lifestyle. And so whether it be things that we've talked about, which is diabetes, prediabetes, and we'll go into more of, or even simple things like constipation. I see kids that are, have tummy pain every day or headaches, or they're tired and they're literally, and I've, I've said this so many times, they're literally eating junk in my office. And I'm not talking about like labeling food as junk. I'm just, I'm just going to say it's junk. If you're sitting there eating a fruit snack and fruit snack and juice in my office and then complaining of tummy pain, I mean, 
I'm going to go over it and be really kind about it. But at the end of the day, I'm sort of going, just put that all down and maybe you won't have a tummy ache because it's, and, and that's, a, it's on the daily. And, and my patients really have the ability to do better or to have the knowledge to be able to not have some of the symptoms they're having. And so I just sort of like, I'm just pulling my hair out over it. And I can imagine, I work in behavioral health with kids and parents, and I can imagine it's a similar situation where you are working with a child, but you're working with the whole system. And so getting the whole family to change is really difficult. Yeah, it's, and it is, it's, it's, it comes from the parents, right? So it comes from the parents and it comes from parenting. And I know Claire has a little one. And one of the things that I've uh, always talked about is like, just to, for me to make the example of it is, is that as pediatricians, we traditionally recommend cereal as a first food. And to me, it's like, why in the world are we asking our babies, our parents to give babies their first food as something out of a box that's made at a factory like 17 states away and put on a a big truck and delivered. And why aren't we feeding our kids real food? And so that's that's just one example of the things to me that have been really hard to see. And through my experience with CrossFit, I've had the support to really stand up and say, you know what, let's feed our kids food. Let's feed them, you know, feed them an avocado, feed them something that you want to give them. Don't give them just something out of a box that doesn't make any sense. And my um, background is a little bit different with anesthesia because in in our training, you have to do a year of something before you get the right to do anesthesia. So I chose to do a year of internal medicine. And I can remember very specifically, this was a long time ago, but I can remember very specifically having the exact same conversation about the exact same changes that patients needed to make like 12 months into my training that I had with them during my first week seeing them. But but real change was not really happening because the system is not designed in a way to, you know, make those changes. You come to the doctor and you say, okay, take this pill, which the patient may or may not take. And, you know, oh yeah, go exercise and eat healthy. And that's what you get from, you know, the doctor. It's not really the doctor's fault because they don't have time to do it. And honestly, for the most part, you know, I think physicians who are CrossFitters are unique, but most people don't have in the medical profession exposure to what really is good nutrition and what does it mean to actually exercise. And, you know, through CrossFit, we have been exposed to some of those things. And it's been really inspirational for us to see that there can be a solution for these problems. And it must be so hard, like working with patients. So my, I know I, we talked about this a little bit when I ran into you guys in the airport, but my husband's a nurse and he just spent a year working on the cardiac floor. And his biggest thing was like, listen, if I can barely get these people to take their medicine to, you know, while they're sitting in front of me, how can I expect them to go home and take the right medicine, let alone make a lifestyle change? Like the amount of compliance that that would require is so above and beyond what you could possibly, uh, you know, sadly expect from the average person who checks into a hospital and then gets discharged. Like, I don't know. I feel like if I were in your guys' shoes, I would just feel like I would be banging my head against the wall. Like, how do we get this message across? I totally hear you. (laughs) And I think for us, it's, this is the opportunity I think we're getting right now is to, uh, for the, getting the message across, I think we're changing the message. We're, we're really trying to change that message to, first of all, let's not get them in the hospital, right? So of course you're going to be in the hospital if you have accidents. Um, you know, there's certain things that infections, but let's not get people in the hospital for things that we can prevent. And that's the message that we're changing. And then if they do have something that is 
one of the chronic diseases, the majority of them are, the chronic diseases can be reversed. And so, and then changing the message is, you know, and just getting the message out there to everybody in ways like talking to you guys today is so that people can really understand that these are the things that we can do to not end up in the medical space at all. So we, I mean, we really want to keep people out of the medical space. And so by making the, the lifestyle changes of nutrition and, and exercise, to be able to stay out of that space. And if they are in this space to get out of that, the more we talk about it. And that's the thing that for us with the whole CrossFit is that the more we talk about it, the more we read about it, the more we're around people who understand, the more the message is continuing to get out there. And hopefully in the next, you know, 10 years, however many years, we're going to change the conversation on this. So I think one of the questions that comes up is, We are talking to an audience, for the most part, who's pretty healthy. We take care of ourselves. Our listeners are probably pretty active and probably follow a decent diet. How do we reach the communities that really don't have this messaging? Maybe they don't have the access. Maybe they don't aren't exposed in their communities to a healthy lifestyle, how do you take those approaches? So I think it's friends and family, right? And so each of us brings one person in and brings the the next person in and everyone has, you know, we continue to hear the stories about, so someone's sister or mom or, and the more that we are educated and knowledgeable on this, the more that we can help them. I mean, I'm sure that for you guys, I know all of us have had experiences where we have somebody close to us and we say, you know what, we got to fix for that. Or, Hey, you know what? Like, I mean, Scott and I are, I mean, we'll go to dinner somewhere and our waiter is just telling us about their lipid panel. And we're like, no, 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 don't start the meds. Don't start any meds. They're like, really? And so it's just reaching out to each person. And again, doing things like this where we're able to talk to a lot more people and the listeners to say, hey, you know what, if you do have a family member, if you do have somebody who has diabetes, who has or is on their way, then there are things that they can do. And I can I just make a comment on the um, on the healthy, active listeners? Yeah, um, yeah. Because so one of the things I wanted to talk about is the whole testing and people will ask like, well, why do they need to test? And so what Scott and I have done is other than through our, our journey with working with CrossFit is, um, as you know, we've launched the Warrior Clinic, which is at home testing for the chronic disease. So diabetes and cardiovascular disease. And the big thing about that is, so we're all healthy. We all eat pretty healthy. And I had, I had just really enjoyed listening to guys's podcast about, I think it was in June with the whole wellness. And I think I had um, sent a quick line to you guys. Yeah. About it was like the, really- the smashing the wellness industry article. Yeah. 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 And for- and so that for us, yeah, that was a brilliant um, podcast. We loved it. And the whole concept for us is it's about health. And so about health is to me is um, is health for um, physical health and uh, mental health. And it's a balance. And the balance is such an overused word. I get that. But it's really that for your listeners are people that are, we consider healthy. But at the same time, none of us are perfect. And so even if we think we're maybe eating pretty well, I mean, I know, and I know Scott for you and probably you guys, if we go back the last three, four days, um, I know for me, I have probably eaten a good amount of food that is not great for me. And so the whole idea for us, for me with the testing is just knowing where you're at, like checking under the hood is being able to say, is what I'm doing enough to keep me out of medical trouble? I think we're really trying to change the message. And, you know, your that wellness episode really resonated with us because it's not about how you look in the mirror. And quite honestly, it's not even really about how much you weigh. You can be at all. You can be 
quite overweight and very insulin sensitive and metabolically healthy, or you can be a rail thin marathoner and drop dead in the middle of the race and have been metabolically really sick, you know, and people are just really confused with what to do because there's so much marketing that just, you know, plays on our minds and our dopamine centers. And, Ugh, you know, I yeah. mean, it, it's, it's, it's just a mess. Yep. And, and, you know, and, and I think that the mental illness is, which is at astronomical proportions in this country as well, mm-hmm. is tied into this as well, because people don't know what to do. We have too many decisions. You know, the menu has gotten too big, so it's really hard for people to focus. You know, oh, the- you've absolutely nailed it. Yeah, I, I was just thinking about this the other day of how many choices we have. And I'm, um, next time I talk to Greg, I'm going to put a bug in his ear about putting a branch of mental health with CrossFit, and I'll, I will uh, gladly lead that army. <laughs> Oh, I, I love that because it's, it's, there's so many anecdotal stories within the box. But I, I, and I've always said, you know, I, I heard you guys refer to, I forget which, maybe it was just when you guys were talking together about the substitution for church being places like the CrossFit box now. And, and you know, I've always said, I've told Greg this forever, that CrossFit is like AA for the rest of us because, you know, people might go to get sober, but they stay for the community they develop. And, you know, it's a big thing that, people that haven't found something at CrossFit are are missing in their life is that sense of connection. You're completely right. I remember reading a study about this one time we were in um, London a number of years ago. I was reading the paper there and I read some statistic and I forget the number, but it was something like 90% of Londoners are lonely. And and you're thinking, how is that actually possible? Um, It's because they're teeth, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's clear as day. <laughs> yeah, that's why everyone in America is so much less lonely because orthodontia. Right. <laughs> that's the X factor. <laughs> oh my gosh, somebody from the UK is going to be listening. And I know. Be like, oh, sorry, guys. Deeply offended. No, it's okay. It was just a, a joke. <laughs> they, can, they can take it. They can take it. I think that's also huge. Like, there. What, what is the book? The Blue Zones guy, is he the one who writes about how community is I think one of the right. biggest X factors for you guys are, you're familiar with the Blue Zones. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and, and yeah, and I think that, I mean, it, you know, people really want to get sexy on all the like diets that they're eating and how they're working out and this and that and things that are really underplayed. But if you look at the science of, of, you know, wellness in the terms of like internal health and how you're doing, getting enough sleep and doing things to reduce stress. One of the biggest ones is actually to have some close friends. And, you know, there's a lot of studies that show it's not how many friends you have. It's the quality of the friendship that you have that really matter are huge things that, those communities all have in common. Did you ever see the documentary Happy? It came out in like 2011, but it kind of talked about the same thing where it explores yes. happiness in people's lives yes. and where they get it and just very unexpected. But at the same time, you're like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's beautiful. So let's uh, tell, why don't you tell the listeners about the Warrior Clinic? How did it start? Why did it start? What's going on? Give us the whole rundown. Okay, so Shaka and I were just having conversations and trying to figure what we could do to, you know, I feel like the biggest problem with the medical system right now is is that, and, and we're both physicians, so I'm not ragging on any physician or the profession, but when you go to the doctor, you know, if you're going to go in, most likely if you're any of us, they're probably not even a test for your hemoglobin A1C or your lipids and stuff. They're going to just say you're healthy. But the reality is only 12% of people have all their metabolic parameters completely normal. And 40% of normal weight people, you know, are metabolically sick. And, you know, but the current system requires that, 
you go to the doctor and you convince your doctor that you want these tests. And, you know, there's a, a million reasons why the doctor may not want to do them. He doesn't want to bother. He doesn't think you need them. They've got HMO insurance and it costs them to order tests. You know, the list goes on and on. Um, but the reality is these are easy things. And so, you know, we realize that these things should be taken off of the doctor's burden and plate. And, you know, we want to empower individuals to take control over their own life. And so, you know, it's very easy to do a test to screen for diabetes, prediabetes, and cardiovascular disease. And and so we, you know, sort of bounce ideas back and forth and realize that we can make a simple test that people order online and get a kit in their house and then they do the test. And when they get the results, we provide very detailed explanations based on the values. They're not based on lab reference values, but really, you know, values based on your health that provide explanations, probably more thorough than you usually get when you go to see the doctor. You just get a call from the doctor that says your results are in. They give people suggestions for directions to take to make changes in nutrition and changes in fitness based on what their actual real values show. Can I add a couple comments? Yeah, oh, sorry. please. I mean, so, so what happened really is um, when, you know, Greg has the most amazing lecture and the continuum, which is a sickness, wellness, fitness continuum, right? And you look at if everyone, all of us through our L1 have, um, have seen this and you look at all the different parameters they look at and the I'm like, Scott, nobody ever checks A1C. I mean, we're all sitting here, we're talking about, we're talking about all the science and all these DDCs. We talk about the Derelict Doctors Club, where all the speakers are up in Santa Cruz. We talk about A1C, we talk about diabetes, we talk about prediabetes. Like, Scott, nobody tests for this. If you go to your doctor and you ask them for an annual blood test, a lot of times people will get their blood tested and there'll be like a CBC, a Campanil, a thyroid, but A1C is not in it. And it's, if you look at the current national recommendations, they're not checking for diabetes, they're not checking checking for A1C unless you're over 40 and overweight. And a lot of doctors have this idea that you have to be overweight to be a pre-diabetic or diabetic. And in fact, I have a lot of people that I know and that are completely, and you know, Scott just gave the stats that they're completely normal weight. And so the doctor never tests and then they wait and they end up with symptoms or they've tested through us and they're actually pre-diabetic. And so the reason for us to, to do this is really to get it out to so that it's available for everybody. Yeah. Like Scott said, you don't have to go in, you don't have to ask for it. And a lot of people, again, they think that they've had it done and they haven't. Right. So, okay. So one first question I have is, um, I have two questions I'm going to ask right now, otherwise I'm going to forget. One would be, I get a little, not insecure, but what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like if I go to my doctor and I ask for a test that they're not ordering, they're like, why are you asking me this? It's almost right. like, because I know how that feels to have people like, quote unquote, Google things and come in and be like, Joy, I think I have bipolar. I'm like, you don't have bipolar. Like, <laughs> just, you know what I mean? So that's the kind of vibe I always feel if I'm going to my doctor and I'm kind of like telling them what to do. So that's the question number one of like, how can I be better about that comfort level. And then two, explain from beginning to end what it looks like when someone orders a test from you. I'll do the first part and then okay. Scott can do the second part. The first part is I say, just do it. Just do it. Any, if you, if there's something you want and just ask your doctor. So for us, you know, we're doing this testing and if you're going to your doctor, by all means, just ask them, say, Hey, you know what? I want my A1C check. And there's just always the nice way of saying it. And for me, it's, if I, if I feel like I just say it nicely and say, hey, you know what? I would really love this check. I've been talking to people about it and would it be possible to add it on? Any 
good doctor is going to say, hey, you know what, let me look into this, or this is why, or they're going to give you the reason. And hopefully you guys have a good relationship that you actually, that they listen to you and we listen to them. On the other, the the cop-out way that sometimes I do it is I'll say, hey, I talked to my friend and they want me to ask for this. And so it's just such an easy way of asking. Sure. I'm asking for a friend, but for me. (laughs) Everyone listening to this podcast, we are your friends who are telling you to go ask. So you can be like my friends, Joy and Claire told me that I need to ask for this blood test and we will have your doctor call us. We will vouch for you. And Dr. Shaka and Dr. Scott. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. All, and and our phone numbers are if the doctors want to call us. <laughs> <laughs> so Scott, tell them what we're doing um, so that they don't they don't okay. have they don't and, even have to ask. And, and that's so, we and, want to keep them out of there though. But the, the other thing we want to say that we think is important is is also that uh, another problem with the current medical system is if you have an abnormality, the easiest thing for the medical system to do is to put you on a medication. And why there's some people that should be on medication for these conditions, in, in my opinion, for just a very short period of time, that the underlying cause of these diseases is uh, nutrition and lack of, and sed- uh, you know, sedentism is a big word for lack of movement. So the solution is right there. You know, you fix the thing you eat you know, you know, properly, you know, which basically means eating real food and then you move. But, you know, to get to the fact about how how things work with our company, basically you just go online to our company, which is warriorclinic.com, and you would click on a little button that says get the kit. And then you would just click that button and it takes you to a page where you would order it. Uh, the kit comes to your house in about three to four days. And then there's it's basically the kit has within it, uh, you know, alcohol pad, a little lance, a little gauze to dry your hand and, um, you, and the little collection device. And you, you know, collect a sample, which basically involves dropping four drops of blood into this little device. And then you put it back in the mail and mail it back to the lab. And then within about two days of when the lab has it, your results appear in your account online. Wow, two days, that's so fast. Yeah, so you know, the total turnaround from when you order it until you have the results is probably a week and a half to two weeks. And of that week and a half to two weeks is about three days of sitting there staring at it. Totally. Like it's, it's sitting on like whatever that little table is that everyone has by their door, like where you drop all your crap and you're like, right. it gets slowly buried. And then you're like, Oh, yeah. right. I forgot to do that. Or it's like, so two, will, it's I, like two and a half days of staring at the Lancet being like, I wanted to comment on that is that it's actually really, really easy. And so, but if you're someone who it's super easy, it's, le- it's less than a paper cut. Yeah, I can, I can attest to that. I've done some of those tests for like um, testing your DNA for, as it relates to your diet. And I had to do like a crap ton of blood one time and I did it by myself. So I think if, if it's only like four drops of blood, I'm like, oh, I'm good. <laughs> For everyone out there who's ever had to like poke an earring back through their earlobe after like your oh yeah that's that's way worse like, than doing this that's a yeah thousand times worse than this and you this and we is, all do that all the time all the time that is such a good description of it well, so much easier than that great and, analogy I have no experience fortunately and and then but. it's um if, if for some reason you really can't do it you can have a, that friend do it for you and we also have an option so when you go on to the on the website the basic test the standard test that is really um what we want everyone to have is the warrior kit which is checking for diabetes prediabetes and also heart disease and we have picked the markers that we really think are the ones that are the ones you should get tested and not 
extra stuff because there's available places where you can get these huge panels of all this stuff. And that's not what we're looking for. We want it affordable, but we also want it, we want it just basically exactly what we want. And they're very specific tests. If you can't, if you're just like, not, not a chance, I'm not doing it. There's also an option that you can go to a lab, um, but it really is something that can be, it's so easy to be done at home. Yeah. Um, and then again, the, our goal, even though we talk about going to your doctor and asking for it, our actual goal is to keep you out of the doctor's office. That's the whole concept for really for all of this. And to stay, you, you're able to do this at home by yourself. You can stay healthy by yourself. You can check to see how you're doing by yourself. And you can make those changes really at, outside of the doctor's office. Because again, we don't we don't want you in the doctor's office getting on metformin or a statin. We want you going to the box. We want you going exercising and eating properly. So of all the things that people could test, why are these the ones that you picked? These are the ones, the basic tests that we picked were are the hemoglobin A1C, which we picked because there's a couple of different ways to test for diabetes and prediabetes, you know, and, and the incidence of diabetes is 12.5% of the population and a quarter of people are unaware that they have it. And the incidence of prediabetes is 30% of the population and 90% of people that diabetes are unaware that they have it. So, so those number, you know, it's a Prediabetes and diabetes are, are really the, you know, the abnormalities with insulin being elevated due to excess carbohydrate and sugar consumption. But insulin is not something that's easily tested on your own at home. And then with the lipid panel, we, you know, get, you get your total cholesterol and your LDL, which are the things that most doctors in the doctor's office are going to focus on. But the things that really matter uh, in terms of reversing chronic disease are your triglycerides and your HDL and the ratio of the two. And so, you know, we give people since they're, they are part of the test, their LDL and cholesterol levels, but we really minimize putting any emphasis on those values. And the thing about all of the values that we test is you can fix them way faster than you're going to improve any of your CrossFit benchmark workouts, which is really cool, you know, um, is that somebody can go from being a diabetic or a diabetic to having normal lab values um, with, you know, by making these lifestyle changes in a very short order, which we think is very rewarding because patients actually, you know, unlike, unlike that patient, you know, that I saw in my internship where nothing had really happened in a year of, oh, go take these pills. And then they may or may not take them. You know, we, we want to empower people to both be accountable for their health and to get the rewards that they can make the changes that, that they're sort of the master of their own universe. They're not dependent upon a system or a drug to be healthy. So then you get the results and then what happens and what do they do with these results? How can they move forward with what's given to them after the fact? Also, sorry, just to clarify, because I know someone will comment about this. We are only talking about type two diabetes, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes absolutely. Yes. Yeah. No, so, as a, as yes. a side note, I think that the only insulin is a wonderful life-saving medication for people with type one diabetes. But I, I almost think that it's 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 heavily abused by doctors to treat type two diabetes. Um, and and I almost think, and I've I've spoken to Greg with this before, that that I think that it should almost be banned as a treatment for type two diabetes because it just continues to push sugar into the cells and doesn't address the underlying problem. Yeah. So type type not type one, although. We all want to get a call from Nick Jonas, so I'm just going to keep saying type one. So oh, Nick, if you're Nick listening, Jonas, you are listening, listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the other thing I want to mention, so yes, type two diabetes is that A1C. It, it's a, it reflects a, a, a larger period of time than, let's say, just checking your glucose. So that's why A1C is a, a good marker. And then the other thing is you can add on a CRP, a, a HSCRP, which is uh, looks at inflammation. 
but again, that's that's a secondary if that's something that you want to add on. But the A1C and the triglyceride, the HDL triglyceride is really the big ones for us. Yeah. Then after the fact, I want kind of like, what are the next steps when they get the results? So when they get the results, we, you know, guide people to make changes in their nutrition. And we, you know, we've done some work with Nicola Kahn from Healthy Steps Nutrition. And, you know, then we encourage people, I, you know, I think at least in this first wave, most people are probably involved in fitness in some way anyways. But, you know, we really encourage people, you know, maybe maybe you're like me and you have a busy job and you're going and doing CrossFit once a week and you feel like you're actually working out. So actually getting a baseline set of labs, you know, can be a little bit of a wake-up call that maybe I'm not being as careful about what I'm putting in my mouth and maybe I'm not really putting aside the adequate amount of time on a weekly basis. And, and I don't think you need to go seven days a week, four hours a day. You know, I'm going to be in the games type of a competitor. You know, you probably need to work out three to five times a week. We, we really encourage people to point them in directions if they're not involved in exercise. You know, my, my sort of personal bias is CrossFit because it's what I like, but I think there's different flavors for different people. And, you know, we provide all those recommendations that the things we feel are important are some form of high intensity interval training and some form of resistance training. And could be Orange Theory, it could be F45. I, I personally think CrossFit hits all checks all the boxes the most thoroughly of anything and then we encourage people with nutrition but i also really believe that if you get yourself involved in the fitness end of things the nutrition for most people starts to follow naturally because you start to feel better and work out and then you want to make changes i think the first step is to for the nutrition for your listeners because they, they most of them are most of us, sorry, most of us do are aware of the things that we're start, we're eating that we shouldn't be eating. I mean, we could even start there, already right. knowing what we should and shouldn't. And you know, I think you guys have talked about this with like not labeling. But at the end of the day, there are foods that are just I know they're not good for me, and I try and eat in moderation to that that I enjoy. But if my A one C is high or my lipids for the ratio are abnormal, I'm going to put some of that stuff down. And that's like the first step. And the first step along with the other first step is for your listeners are to get in the box. That's really where it's at. And so, cause most, most of us can get in the box a little bit more and the CrossFit the box for people who are, are yes, not the sorry. CrossFitters. We call it the box yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So in the CrossFit box, so get, get in the CrossFit box. That's where, so we give, through the warrior clinic, we do give guidance. We give some guidance, but that's not where our space is. Where we're really keeping it is the testing. We want to provide that. That's the, what we want to provide. And what we really want to do is state where we're very minimal and guiding towards the diet and exercise, but that's being done already. That's already done at CrossFit. And so get into the CrossFit box and get the, do the exercises, do the, the movement and do the nutrition. And the nutrition can be, you know, there's, there's so many different types that work for each person, but I'm going to start with putting down, making a, some choices that are more towards putting down some of the stuff that I shouldn't be having. For, for me, it's always, everyone knows, for me, it's tea. I drink too much tea. And but, but I mean, by tea, tea is good for you. I drink tea with sugar in it. And that's going to be oh, Okay. I was like, but I'm drinking yeah. tea right now. No, no tea. <laughs> Wait a minute. Now, now you're really confused, right? But well, they but, said tea was good for me. Yeah, but know. everybody has something, you know, it, it could, and you, everyone kind of know what it is. But, but, you know, and I think, you know, again, with the nutrition, there's so many conflicts of interest of people wanting to make money off of their product. 
that, that it gets really confusing because there's not a lot of money for the industry and people buying real food um, and, and not all that. You know, there's 60,000 new packaged food products every year. Um, so, you know, the, the, it, but the bottom line is if it comes out of a package and it's, it's not really good for you. Um, and, and, you know, maybe there's a few exceptions, but I would say in general, if you have the choice to eat real food instead of something out of a package, it's definitely better for you. I but love the, that rule because it's very simple. And that's something right. I've been thinking a lot about lately is like, is this food that's an ingredient or is this food with like a bazillion ingredients that's, they're all unnatural, you know, is this like a piece of lettuce versus a bar with like, quote unquote, greens in it? <laughs> or like the big, like the new trend in supplements is like, this was made with whole foods. It's like, wait a minute, right? I'm spending like $70 on a bottle of capsules that were made with whole, why don't I just like go eat a salad or something or like, you know, go make a stir fry with a bunch of veggies in it. That always, I'm like, it surprises me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. and I think, so I think too, Shaka, one of the things that you said, I want to um, comment on about, you know, the good, good food versus bad food, because what I, I've really been thinking about this a lot lately, because the truth is like, there are foods out there that are good for you and bad for you. And it's, you know, we've, I feel like we've sort of backed ourselves into a corner with this, like, don't label your foods thing. And, you know, not every food that's good for me might be good for someone else. And, and, you know, not every food that's bad for me might be bad for someone else, but like, there are things out there that are just objectively unhealthy. And I think we need to acknowledge that. And there are a lot of foods out there that are just objectively more healthy than other things. And we need to acknowledge that. And I think I really want to see if we can move the conversation away from like, Hey, there's no such, you know, it almost feels like we're giving all food, like a participation ribbon, like (laughs) all foods are, are, you know, can be good for you. And it's like, they really can't, I, you know, how can we move the nutritional value of food away from our personal ties to food through like a moral lens, you know, like this, the marketing thing where, Oh, guilt-free or, you know, this is a cheat day and all those sorts of things. It's like, Let's let's move. I mean, this is a whole other episode that we should have, but let's move those two things apart because, like, there is such a thing as food that's just blatantly bad for you, and we we totally. need to stop pretending like there's not. Like um those those gummies that the kids eat, like that that that's just that, there's nothing good in that. Right. So one of the things that I I have to tell you what I tell my patients. So my patients, you know, they're kids, and so what I tell them is I say, hey, you know, there are foods that are not healthy for you. They're not growing foods. They do not help you but your body can tolerate a small amount of this. And so that's what you really have to think about is what can your body tolerate? And that's why the testing comes back to, we don't know what our bodies can tolerate. We don't, you know, there's all these recommendations, right? There's recommendations of the 25 grams of added sugar. Really, do we keep giving people a certain amount until they became a diabetic? We don't do that. We kind of guesstimate and say, hey, you know what? Probably your body can handle this, but we don't really know. Maybe you can handle a little bit more. Maybe you can handle a little less, but it's important to know where you're at so you don't end up in the direction that all the statistics are happening right now. So how much of this can your body handle? And I I think that, you know, the biggest key is to stick to real foods. You know, I mean, Chuck always, you know, I was going to say this and she started to tell the story, but she always says with her kids, is this a growing food or not growing food? And when they go to eat it, she, if they go to eat something that's a snack, it's not a growing food. She, she, asks them, she has them be mindful and take a little inventory. Did I have a non-growing food already today? So that you can really you know, make yourself aware of what you're putting in your mouth. But the thing about real food or whole food is it's hard to overeat. There's no animal 
on the planet other than humans and animals that are fed by humans, like cats and dogs and any livestock we try to fatten up that's overweight. And nobody counts macros and nobody measures and weighs their food. They just eat what they're supposed to eat. And, you know, so I'm not super paleo, man, but I really, as I've gotten to learn more about chronic disease, I've really started to think about what is, with us being an animal species, what are we supposed to eat for food? And, and it's definitely not coming out of a package. And it's definitely not got a lot of added sugar in it and, and flour that's so fine that, you know, it's, it basically behaves like sugar when you eat it. I think that I clear, like what you said about the good food and the bad food. So, you know, a lot of times as a physician, I think people kind of, they kind of, um, I get pushback from people saying, you know, well, you can't totally limit that. And there is the conversation that, you know, just having about like how much can your body tolerate? And that's why it's important to test. So, you know, if your body's tolerating or not, but then I always say the other thing too, there's some things that, you know, we don't tell our kids. I don't tell my kids, you know what, I'm not going to, don't tell them not to do drugs or don't tell them not to drink bleach because you don't want them to feel like they can't ever have that. And so it's like such a, it's a, it's a great conversation. Like you said, like we could have a whole hour on it. Uh, and you're like, I'm right? kind of fine with my kid not thinking they could ever drink bleach. <laughs> right. So like, I'm okay. I wish I could just, you know, tell kids, you know, those, those gummy worms are not a food and they should never be <laughs> on top of their ice cream, which also makes no sense to have it on top of something else. But it's just, I think that there's the, I think that there are some foods, like you said, that are just never good for them and good for us. And how much can my body tolerate? Okay. So if you were talking, I, I have two, like, I feel like we're just getting started and I know we're already <laughs> yeah. like 45 minutes, but I have two questions that are probably both going to be pretty big answers. Um, and the first one is for people who maybe are like our listeners, probably like a lot of the people that you guys are around who are pretty health minded, but definitely are aware that they don't know what they don't know. And, you know, are intrigued by this idea of testing and, and, and know that there are some holes in what they're doing. Where would you say are like the, the kind of low hanging fruit that you wish everyone would start doing, or, you know, think that almost everyone could benefit from adding into their life if it's not there already? Uh, well, I think the biggest thing, uh, first of all, is, it's all related to nutrition um, because the, the underlying cause of chronic disease um, is hyperinsulinemia and elevated insulin. And, you know, unfortunately, that's not as easy to test for um, and it can be variable, you know. So the hemoglobin A1C and the HDL and triglycerides really serve as good markers for what your levels are. But if the, with the way that we eat now, people are constantly putting food in their mouth and the carbohydrate content is too high. So I mean, say number one is to do the best job you can to not drink sugar-sweetened beverages um, because those pour glucose into your body like there's no tomorrow. It's really hard to eat the amount of fruit that you put in a smoothie if you were to just sit down and eat that as whole food with its fiber content um, and stuff. You know, it's also absorbed differently, but it's also hard to actually eat that much. Um, and then... Secondly, is to try to really teach yourself to eat like your meals and then go in between your meals without food um, because that allows your body, you know, normally what happens when you eat food, your insulin level goes up, you know, proportional for the most part to the carbohydrate content of the food. And then that, and then that um, you know, stores some of the sugars, glycogen, and then the rest of it basically gets converted to fat. So for anybody who doesn't want to eat fat because they're worried about being fat, sugar really becomes fat way faster than fat does. Um, and, and the problem with the modern diet is people are constantly eating. And so the insulin levels never go down. And, 
So you have to give those breaks in your eating. And so it's also, you know, I recommend to people three meals a day of whole food um, with at least a 12-hour window every day where you go without eating. I'm going to have to agree with the sugar-sweetened beverages. It's the easiest change people can make is not having, you know, juice, lemonade, Gatorade, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Um, And then the second one, which I agree with Scott, is like, is just not eating when you didn't want to eat in the first place. If like, so... You know, I, if I just ate a meal and then all of a sudden I find myself with friends doing something and then I'm standing in a, at a counter just picking food that I was never going to eat in the first place and I didn't really want it. So, like, I always find that for me, like when I go out to dinner and I had absolutely no intention of having dessert. I didn't want it, it and I didn't order it and it happens to be next to me. Someone else ordered it. I don't really need to eat it. I mean, if I wanted to and I really, really wanted to, fine, but I, I wasn't planning on it and I didn't want to, but then all of a sudden the spoon's in my hand, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I did a little stint for a while of like the time-restricted feeding where I only ate for like a six to eight hour window during the day. And I didn't really do it to lose weight. And, um, you know, I was already eating a very low carbohydrate um, program. So my, you know, my, I tested myself um, and all my labs were, were great at this point, but I really wanted to teach myself to be mindful and, and to also learn it's okay to be hungry for a little bit. You know, I read, I read this book um, called Bringing Up Baby, which is about this um, American author who is married to this British guy, but they're raising their kids in Paris. And it was, it was really interesting to see some of the differences in different cultures, you know, because in, in, in the Parisian cultures, the, the kids would have breakfast and then they don't have to have like this snack in between because they're going to be also hungry before lunch. My little Johnny's not going to make it all the way to lunch. And then, you know, then they eat lunch and then they eat dinner. And, and so they just kind of eat their meals and they're not constantly putting food into their body, which I think is, you know, there's, there's a number of different things that kind of go into the whole French paradox. But I think that's a big part of it is you're not constantly putting food in, you know, and in this country, we're feeding our kids snacks when they're four years old at halftime of a soccer game, where they're barely even moving, you know, um, and they probably don't need to eat all day. So we're sort of obsessed with constantly having food going to our mouths. Totally. I I mean, I do that with my kid all the time. I'm like, huh, I'm out of activities. Do you want some cheese? (laughs) Should I give them the iPad? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, do you want to? Yeah, I'm like, is it magic school bus or a cheese stick? <laughs> like, those are my two options. Yeah. Our option number three is let them just get angry for a little bit and then they right. learn to self-soothe and, and, and they do the things they're supposed to do. But we, you know, we, we, we take all the shortcuts. I think That's the third true. activity should be they can watch you. Eat. Mm-hmm. You can watch yeah, right. mommy yeah. eat. This is mommy's ice cream. This is, this is mommy's cupcake. Please. <laughs> Please just sit down. I mean, that would be a lesson in self-control uh, for them. Cruel <laughs> and unusual. Um, okay. So my, my other, my next big question is, so I know you guys talk a lot about this. I know CrossFit Health talks a lot about this. I know CrossFit affiliates talk a lot about this. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot lately, which is, okay, all of the people who, most of the people who are listening to this podcast, most of the people who you guys probably talk to, most of the people who probably would seek out something like the Warrior Clinic, most of the people who would seek out a CrossFit box, you know, just kind of out of the blue, are the types of people who are probably going to be going out of their way to make health a priority in their life no matter what. So how do we get in front of the people for whom that's not a value already in their life? And that is not, you know, they're not going to be seeking out and and going out of their way to try to be more healthy and try to want this information. And, you know, the people who either think that it's their doctor's responsibility to, you know, give them the magic 
pill or it's just not worth it or, you know, they have a mistrust of the system, whatever the situation may be, you know, how do you, a lot of those people think that these kinds of processes and, you know, going to a CrossFit box or whatever, like that, they're those things that seem very scary and seem very daunting. So what do you think we can do to make this feel more accessible and make it feel like, you know, this is something that everyone can do. And, you know, I know we all were in this world. We know we've seen firsthand that this is something that can benefit everyone. And if anything, those are the types of people that benefits the most. But I think it's really hard for, you know, from the outside to believe that. So what do you think we can do about that? First of all, it's a great question. I mean, I think it's a great conversation. I think that the first step is for us to all get tested um, and and to be aware. You're gonna, you'd be surprised with the testing that's been done so far from you know the 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 first um, the the first layer has really been you know healthy people people from the box people from the CrossFit box people that thought they were healthy and they are having about a third to a half with abnormal values that initially say they're shocked and then they go you know what I actually I get it I've been off my program I've been having way too many carbs and so that in itself first of all the the first people that are healthy are actually not as healthy as they think they are. So that's the reason why they need to test. And then it's a second layer. It's the second step, which once we're all tested, then the next step is our family, our friends, everybody we reach out to. And then I think the third would be, as everyone's doing it, we've changed the conversation and we change the conversation culturally, globally, where it is the thing to do, where you're keeping yourself. What my vision would be, what my goal would be is to have everybody that I can and that I know and is everyone in this country to be tested once a year at least and know where they're at. And then that conversation will be there in the in the layers. And and I think that, I mean, that's an amazing, amazing um question because i i know for myself personally i was scared to go to crossfit for three years until i finally just went um and then i it's like no turning back but i you know and i've had this conversation um with greg before about you know why don't they do a marketing campaign showing people from all walks of life going into crossfit with a this is crossfit so it takes that it it demystifies the process because you hear the stories oh my god it's so intense and 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 everybody is really afraid um and so shaka and i are actually you know we're 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 longtime physicians but new in terms of business and we're really working on ways to get the message out to help people understand we just actually had a friend of ours make a video for us the other day you know who got tested and this person's you know you would look at her and think she's the epitome of health you're like oh my god i want to look like her and she was pre-diabetic um and you know it really you know shook her because she's at an age where you know she's starting to worry that you know she wants to live for a long time and she doesn't want to end up on a bunch of you know just have to go to the doctor and end up on a bunch of medicines and um so it was really eye-opening so we're we're working on trying to get some testimonials and stuff and you know then we'll try to figure out ways you know i mean with the internet now we'll try to find ways to get these messages out to people to help them we, we to really demystify the whole process i guess is the best way to put it and and hopefully we'll be able to expose that to the populations that need it and the message is empowerment it's so you don't want to end up being at a place where you're sick, you're dizzy, you can't see whatever the symptoms are that are that take you to the doctor's office that you urgently need to be uh, acutely taken care of. What we want is that you're proactively making changes if you need to. 
And if you're doing okay, then you're doing great. Keep up the good work. And I mean, it's so I have someone else that was exactly like Scott said, another individual who was, it looks perfect, looks absolutely perfect and ended up in a situation where they're completely diabetic, type two diabetes, not overweight and dizzy, having to have start on insulin. And that's not where we want to be. We want to be in a position where we're proactively checking and then making changes if need be, or knowing that we're doing okay. The one last thing I want to say is we've really worked hard with what we're doing to pick the tests, which we think give the biggest bang for the buck and to keep the price of everything down. You know, we're not trying to become a a company where you can go in and never go to the doctor and test yourself for everything under the moon, not really knowing the significance and meanings of those tests. Oh my God, I got low T, I'm hypothyroid, you know, do I need some vitamin D? And, you know, you can go, you could go just like, you know, the what do I eat conversation, you can go over the top in ordering lab tests. In in our opinion, if you really focus on, you know, the underlying causes of chronic disease, which is the elevated insulin, you know, leading to the high sugars and the abnormalities of your lipids, you can very, you know, cost effectively screen for these diseases. And when you address, you know, you sort of fix what, you know, you would call the big domino of the underlying cause of the chronic disease with the exercise and the nutrition, most of these other things, you know, all of a sudden I'm not low T, I'm not hypothyroid, and I'm going outside my vitamin D is fixed. You could fix a lot of the other stuff. And, and you know, so I think that's another thing that we really want to do is, is to keep things focused on the issues that will have the biggest impact for the most number of people. I should mention that the warrior test is $59. Yeah, which is super affordable. And I was also thinking like, wow, the holidays are coming up. You can get one for your friends. It's a good gift. I love this. I think it's a really good gift. I think it's a good gift for family. For sure. You don't, right? It's the whole friend thing is doing the open. Get in the open. Oh, this is such a good idea. And I, no, I love this too because like you guys, you can like order the test and if you're afraid of the finger prick, you can just sit there around with your girlfriends. You can all have like your like glass of wine ready to go. You do the prick and then you can just sit there and like drink your glass of wine and calm yourself back down. Everything's fine. And it'll be like, and then you can just like watch Mean Girls or something, make a party out of it. Right. <laughs> I love the whole vision of that. Yeah. That's so good. And, and if you do that, submit a video to us. Yes, for sure. <laughs> Or invite me. I'll come. Yes. (laughs) You're invited to all the parties. I'm I'm totally. Yeah. Send me an invite. Okay. You'll be there in your robe. It's done. Bring your robe. I think this is so important, though, I just have to say, because I'm someone who, as you were describing, like, oh, someone thinks they they look so healthy. I'm like, that's me. I wonder what my test would be. but also, I think it's a chance for us as humans just to look under the hood. And I think we're also curious about kind of like what's going on inside of us. And we um, historically have always just gone to the doctor when something goes wrong. And I just, we've talked a lot about prevention over the years. And I think this is such a good way to kind of keep that momentum going of people actually taking control of their health and being more proactive and catching things ahead of time. Because really, what we're up against is a healthcare system that's just not set up for success like this. It's almost like it's too late. And that's just how the healthcare system is. It's not really the doctor's fault all the time. The system is set up. So it's not always going to be in our favor. So I just think that this is something that really is valuable to people. And also, once we have that knowledge and power, then we can take action. So if I have a test, I see a result, and I see it like in front of my face, this is what's going on with my body, you better believe I'm going to take some action to make myself healthier. 
and even just simple changes. Yeah, and it's and it's really cool. I mean, because you know, Shaka and I were talking about this the other day, and it's kind of like getting your oil checked to make sure you're not rusting on the inside. But the beauty is, you know, my introduction to CrossFit was really empowering for me and changed my direction, you know, or my my viewpoint on medicine because you really realize that there is a solution that you know the you know as Greg describes it that CrossFit boxes are life vests in the tsunami of chronic disease. And, and it's really true. If individuals want to take care of their own health and really be in control of their future, you can live for a long time and live with a really good quality of life. Um, but you have to be able to kind of know what's going on. It's the, the fears taken out of it. So if you're afraid of, like, like you guys talked about, if you're afraid of the little poke, you can do it. And then I think a lot of people are afraid of going to the doctor and finding out the results. But for us, we want it positive. We want it, hey, if the solution is not medication. The solution is something you're probably already doing and you probably already know what you can do. And that, I think that's what really makes it something that everyone should be doing. Everyone should be testing. Yeah. People are so afraid of going to the doctor. Would you say that the still is men are more afraid of going to the doctor than women? Is that still the, the old wives tales or is that still a fact? <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. There, there's so much shame in our society about everything. And so people, if they're not healthy, which I really believe it's not people's fault they're not healthy. We've all been bamboozled right. by Again, the we're in a system. And yeah. pharmaceutical. Um, so, so you know, n- number one, it's, it's not people's fault that they're healthy. And number two, there is a solution to it that's in your control are really key. But there's a lot of shame about not being perfect. I think that's so liberating that like it is, is in your control. It's something, if you have the information, there's things that you can do about it. You can start today doing those things. These aren't things that like, you know, you we aren't just all slowly like marching towards this inevitable decline that you can really own it if you want to. And totally. I think like it's a, it's a little overwhelming, but it also is very empowering. No, and it's just to, to know, because like you said, like we don't want to be marching towards that we don't be marching towards this, that statistic, but at the same time, if you if if any of us have eaten or something that is not considered healthy in the last two three days last week and probably multiple times, then you should be testing. Like you can't not be testing because you don't really know. I love it. I also want to have like a whole other episodes where we talk about the difference between body composition and actual metabolic health because I think that yes. there is so much misinformation out there. I think like our entire society is nothing but misinformation about this concept. Oh my gosh, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. much. It's, just, it's, it's, it's really saddening to see, you know, and the rates of, you know, suicide and I think the rates of drug abuse and stuff are all tied into this. I mean, you know, as we mentioned before, the lack of a sense of community as well as just feeling ashamed of who we are. Instead of instead of just loving who we are, just it's, it's really frightening. And along this whole topic, people, you know, we I, I can remember I'm I'm old enough to remember when frozen food came out, and and everybody's like, oh yeah, this is so convenient, and everybody started on this spiral that we're on now on on being so focused on convenience that people really you know are proud to say, oh I never cook, oh I just order out. And part of the process that happens in that whole time is you don't actually have family time together at the dinner table and those other things where you get that side benefit of, of community and bonding and, and getting to, you know, share with people that comes out of those, you know, joint experiences that are spent around the dinner table. Absolutely. And I don't think we talk about that enough, just that element of health and community and relationships. And uh, like I said, the mental health aspect is something we don't talk about a lot. Um, have you guys seen the, sorry, I know we're trying to wrap up, but have you guys seen the um, Michael Pollan series Cooked on Netflix? 
Yes. There's a, yeah. one of the, yeah, one of the, the episodes is all about that. And it just, I think it's so spot on where it's like, Hey, listen, yeah. and we always, I know that our listeners are going to be like, Claire, we know you have healthy grandparents, like get over it. But we always <laughs> talk about, I have these super healthy grandparents that are in their late eighties and nineties. And you know, they're, they're buying their groceries from Walmart. They're living off social security. You know, they go to like the fitness center that's $9 a month, but they're super healthy because they home cook all their meals. They're very involved in their church. And, you know, they do this physical activity every day. And it's like, guys, this is not rocket science, you know, just cook your, cook your own food, know what's in your food, have some close friends and like move a little bit every day. Just that's all we got to do. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so that everyone can find you at thewarriorclinic.com and they can contact you with questions on there as well. You have a FAQ section. The website is super simple to use. Uh, I've just been scrolling on here too throughout our talk and it's pretty straightforward. So it's not going to be difficult. You hop on there, you order a kit, you follow the directions, you invite your friends over and you have a big party and you get your results and then you're like, let's be healthier. I love it. Yeah, so it's so simple. Well, thank you guys again so much for being on the podcast and listeners. You can go to girlsgonewadpodcast.com, support us on the support page. You can visit all of our sponsors there. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting us. And that's it for this week. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>